Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. So I'm, I'm going to be talking a little bit today about the access that we're afforded. And you know what, as, 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 as God's people, there are limitless possibilities that God opens up for us. You know, God's, God's prayers are a conduit to, sorry, our prayers are a conduit to the heavenly realm. It's, it's the outpouring of our heart before him to just bring what we have on the inside and just bring it before him it is an overflow it is an outpouring and and that that access that we have has to be carefully guarded it's very precious it's uh, so easy for for that access to just get eroded through the sort of the things that we're just exposed to on a daily basis just life just it has this eroding effect upon that access and our, and our understanding of it and so we have to guard it and, and and one of the ways in which we guard it is to understand to fully understand the nature of that gift to understand why it is precious why it is important what is it and what is its purpose you know it's if, if you don't know that then it's a bit like this. It's if I, if I went up to someone here and I said, hey, look, here's this stone. This stone, would you mind, could you just carry it, please? Like, you might take it from me. But, but how long would you really carry it for before the discomfort of carrying a stone would, you might be like, what on earth am I carrying the stone for? Like, why, have I, why am I? It's really uncomfortable. It's really heavy. It's, it's really impeding my movement. And how long before you, you disregard that request and you just shock put it away? Like, how long before, before he's like, yeah, I'm not carrying this thing anymore? How different would it be if I said, hey, look, this stone is an emerald and it's yours? Like, do you think you would be quite so keen to shock put it away? No, you, you would cherish it. You would carry it, you would keep it close, and you would keep it safe because you would recognize the importance, how precious it is, how precious it is. And, and you would not let it go, you would keep it close. And, and, and that's, that's where we are with, with the promises of God, is that we have to keep them close, and to keep them close, we have to understand what it is we're carrying, what it's for, how, how we come about it in the first place. That access has responsibilities that are attached to it, but... It's the appreciation of God's intention towards that promise, towards that gift, that, that, that redefines the entire narrative we attach to its significance. You can join me in uh, Ephesians 3, verse 16. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long, and high, and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. See, access begins with an appreciation of the vastness of God's love. It's, it's, to, be, it's to be captivated by it. To, to just be transfixed by the vastness of his love. And, and it says we have to know that which surpasses knowledge. Mm. 
Like, how, how do you do that? How do you know something that is unknowable? Well, think, this, I was thinking about that because I think that's a pretty good question. Like, how do you know what's unknowable? I was thinking my children. My, if, you, if you sat Nathan and Lily down, my two eldest children, and you said, look, uh, how do you know that your dad loves you? You would probably get uh, a list of relatively shallow and uh, superficial acts of kindness. It'd be like, oh, yeah, well... We know because he makes us pancakes on a Saturday. Or, or we know because he built us a trampoline. And, and you would probably be like, oh, right, okay, that, uh, that doesn't really answer my question. However, if you went up to them and you said, look, uh, do you know that your daddy loves you? Then they would say yes, without pause, without delay, uh, without any shadow of a doubt, because they would know it. Now, could they explain what they know? Probably not. But it doesn't matter. They still know that love. And although they can't necessarily under, uh, explain it or fully understand the, the vastness of it and, 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 and be able to put into words the devotion that I would have towards them, the thoughts that I have towards them, the prayers that I make towards them, they, they, they might not know any of that stuff, but they still have a knowledge. They still have an appreciation of the love that I would have for them. And, and that is, that's, that's the beginnings, that's the origins of our access with God. It's, it's re- reorientating our thoughts around that central premise. That central understanding is that this access comes so that we can be exposed, we can have revealed to us the fullness of God's love. Yeah. So how do we... How do we get that access? That's the next thing. How do we gain access to, to, to these promises? Well, Luke 11, 10 to 13. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who, find, the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg will give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I really like that there's, I, I, I actually had before a much longer passage of scripture there, but I realized for time I wasn't going to be able to do the whole thing. But what I really love about that passage of scripture is that there's, there's a slight misdirect in the whole thing. Like you read it and you read it and you read it. And when you get to the bottom, you think he's going to say, and so you can just ask for anything you want. But that isn't what he says. Or at least it doesn't say it how we think he's going to say it. What he says is our access comes via the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's, it's, that is what the access that we require maybe beyond sometimes what the access that we desire. It's, it's unrestricted access. That's who the Holy Spirit is. That is what he represents in our life. That's what he opens up in our life, is that, that there is now an unrestricted access because the Holy Spirit is never withheld. And, and further still, not more than, more than not being withheld, there is nothing that God wants more than for you to have a life in the Spirit. 
That, yeah. That's what he wants above yeah. all things because he wants you to have that access. That is the access that allows you to come to God at any time, to experience his love, to draw upon his love, to find that devotion and have it redefine your life. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, he makes that possible. He connects us in ways that, that, that nothing else can. Access starts and ends with the Holy Spirit. See, when, when Jesus returned to heaven, who, did he, who arrived in his place? You know, no longer was there this sort of physical representation of God uh, whose faithfulness was, was, was ministering in sort of to, to a single nation. Now, now there was the Holy Spirit came, an emissary, a spiritual emissary, without restrictions on time, on energy, on setting. He was limitless. He was omnipotent. And he was, he was in the very same vein as Father God. He could bring all things. He could be all things. He could be everywhere at once. And he could bring that access. He could take us into the Father's heart. He could take us into his presence. So what is, what is that access for? If we have it and we, and we know how by we get it, what is it for? Well, what is the purpose that God grants us? I think anyone who's been probably a Christian for a little bit of time probably realizes that, that we aren't granted that access for the, uh, for the materialistic whims of our flesh or for the prideful ambitions of our minds. You know, it's, 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 it's obviously vaster. It's obviously deeper and more profound than that. In, uh, in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. See, the Spirit... What, what he does is he, he overlays, he imparts the will of God into the mind of man. Takes what sits within his heart, what sits within Father God, the, the, the thoughts that he has, and he transfers them, he downloads them into our minds, into our lives, that we would know the mind of Christ. To enable us to understand God's character, to understand uh, and appreciate his sentiments towards mankind. He allows us insight into the thoughts of God to appreciate the ebbs and flows of his presence. That we are able now to relate to his nature, to, uh, to relate to it in a way that we understand it as as. God and, and, and us and, and father and child and you and him. It's, it's th- that, that relationship becomes much more inferred, implied. It, it doesn't have to be spelt out that there's an understanding, there's an appreciation of that relationship. We are able to, to find God and understand our place with him, to understand how we are children that's an important thing, particularly if you haven't 
a, a complicated relationship with your own parents. It's to, to see God as a father, to see him perfectly in that sense, is, is a massive breakthrough. It's, it's a tremendous uh, breakthrough in one's life to be able to see God and to understand him and to have his mind, to understand his thoughts towards us, thoughts that are originated in a place of love, a place of devotion. But even though, even though these are gifts, this is an access that, that God freely offers to us, that he willingly gives, isn't it a reality that many of us kind of don't personify daily, to have that sort of constant flow, to have that access on a daily basis. Rather, rather we often pursue seasons of intimacy because we kind of, we think, well, it can't last, so we kind of build up to this place of intimacy, this place of vulnerability, but knowing that it's, it's temporal, that it's just for a season. Like why, why is it we do that? Why, why is it that we accept that, accept that offer when, when we know that God is offering so much more, when he is offering us something that is limitless, that is, that is without borders, that is without restriction? How, how come it is that we say, well, there was a season. I'll accept a season. I'll, 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 I'll live with that. That's good enough. Join me in Colossians 3, verse 7. You used to walk in these ways. In the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self. Which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Think of it a little bit like this. You have to shave. I won't define whether it's face or legs. <laughs> but you have to shave, so you get your razor. And you go to, cut, uh, go to shave yourself, but you nick yourself. So what do you decide? You think, well, you look at it, you go, well, it must be the blade. It must be blunt. So you take off the blade, throw it away, get a new one, start again. And you go to shave and you nick yourself. So now you think, well, maybe it's the handle. The handle must be bent. So you throw away the handle, you get a new razor and you start again. But you nick yourself once more and you realize that actually it's your hand and that your hand isn't steady. So what do you do? You grow a beard. <laughs> right? <laughs> you grow a beard. And you allow your legs to get all fuzzy. <laughs> right? That's kind of silly, right? But, but we actually do a version of that every single day. We, we make choices that are defined by the dysfunction of our lives as opposed to the work of the Spirit, wow. Wow. right? We, rather than addressing the painful truths, we allow the wildness of our human nature to grow up and obscure the reflection of Christ in us. We permit the things that hinder and divert us. Like this, like we, we don't feel confident praying out loud, 
so we don't go to prayer meetings. We feel a little foolish when we pray in tongues so that we don't talk in the spirit. We convince ourselves that we don't really know what to say so we just don't really pray to God very much. And we conclude and we create this version of faith whereby, well, God knows everything. He knows it all. So I don't need to tell him about my needs. I don't need to, I don't need to do that. He, he already knows it. If I have a problem, he'll solve it. But that, that isn't how God operates, right? That's not how the Father operates. It's his desire that he has our attention because there are things that he wants us to know. The insights he wants to share with us because you see access is a two-way street it goes both ways sure we can tell him the things that we need but God wants to impart into us the things that he wants us to know to understand to understand and perceive the life that he has created for us and further still further more than that that place of intimacy and tremendous vulnerability that is the place where God puts his finger on the dysfunctions and the hindrances in our lives and squishes them it's in that place in that in that intimate setting that the power of God comes upon us with such gentleness with such peace but with such truth as to cut out the things in our lives, the old nature, that restrict us from putting on the new nature. Said in that verse I just read, the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge, in the image of its creator. In other words, what what we believed before is now overshadowed by a conviction that is cast in the splendor of God it's it's only when we allow ourselves to come into his presence to be close to the father's heart that our frailties are showing up it's only when we come right in in close that he begins to just show us oh better change it's not working anymore guys It's only when we come close, it's only when we get near that the the gap, the void, the the, the separation becomes obvious. That That is the access that we're afforded. That is what the vulnerability of getting up close with God allows, enables. It lets us see and understand this is what God has called for. This is what God has spoken over my life. And yet I am accepting all the way back here. There is this whole gap. There's this whole void, this whole potential that has gone left untapped. He reveals himself to us. And, and I've had this thought, I've mentioned it in a number of the kind of groups that uh, I've been at over the last couple of weeks, whether it be firm foundations or prayer meetings. But this idea of, you know, we, we, we understand that in our weakness, God is strong. And, and we often see that as being like, well, you know, just in those areas where we're really weak. But, but actually, if you think about it, you are at your weakest when you're at full extension. 
When like if you're going to deadlift that 500 pound weight and you lift it up above your head and the legs start jibber jabbering. And that's the point of weakness. That's the point where God comes along and takes the burden and says, I've got it. But it's not when we look at the dumbbell on the floor and go, could you get that, God? Could you, could you pick that up, God? God is there in our weakness, not in our laziness. Right? He is there to support us when we push to the full extent. That is the access that we have. That he supports us as we step out in boldness and in conviction. So to finally sort of, to wrap this up in a sense. What do we do with this access we're afforded? 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things of God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Who knows a person's thought except their own spirit? What if you could share your spirit with another person? What what would that enable? And yet that's exactly what God has done. He has shared his spirit with each and every one of us. Why? That we could know his thoughts. I'm reminded of this. When I was thinking about this, I was reminded of, of King David. And he... There's obviously the whole sort of uh, account of when he set up the tabernacle of David and how it was completely unconventional for the time. And and it was this sort of period of time where where people were able to kind of approach the the altar of God without like sort of all these traditions, but but replacing that with with worship, that the presence of God was sort of available to all. And it was was completely unconventional. It was... it wasn't something that had ever been done before and, 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 and it only happened for a, for a period of time. And I was reading it, I'm thinking, where, where did David get permission to do this? Like, where, where was it said by God, yeah, 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 just uh, you can forget about all that stuff that everyone else was doing for now. You can just do it this way for a while. It, I, I couldn't see it. I couldn't see where God said, yeah, just, just do it this way. There wasn't a permission that was granted as such. However, it was simply this. That God lay central to his thoughts and plans. Just, just lay there. It, it's, it's no accident that, that David is, is characterized in the Bible as, being, uh, as having a heart after God's own. You know, the access was assured because God projected his will into David's choices. His spirit revealed in David all of the possibilities that were available. So when he stepped forth in this, there wasn't a question. He just knew this was the heart of God. And that's open to every single one of us. You see, in in David's rebellion, he lost sight of the access he had, and he would overextend, like a compromised depth perception. He he would either hold back too much or, or he would overextend. But yet when he was in that place, of access, that place of, 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 of relationship with God, of vulnerability with him, then he would make these outlandish choices. But they would work out because God was in them, yeah. because God was behind them. We can make outlandish choices and God can be in them. Yeah. 
But they have to be originating in his thoughts. They have to be an outworking of what he has laid within us. The Holy Spirit establishes our access, translating the will of God into the heart of man, leading us through the maze of possibilities. Just think of the journey you took here. How many different ways could you have taken it? And yet you somehow managed to mind you somehow managed to find the most efficient, the quickest, the one with least traffic. And think about our lives and how much more complex they are and how we're never really tra- traveling to the same place twice. The situation, the people, the circumstances are always different. And yet the Holy Spirit allows us to navigate that maze, to find our way through it, to be able to arrive in a situation and have the right frame of mind have the right thing to say, to be able to minister the right thing at the right time. He is the key to understanding God's purpose through us. Our calling is always linked to the demonstration of his glory. We, uh, if I could get someone on keys, please. In John 15, 13 15. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. I have made known to you. Access to God starts with discovering what lies at the heart of him. His, his love for us. Love, love each other is what he says. Love each other like, like I love you. Your action is linked to your understanding how I feel about you my sentiments towards you, about my dedication and devotion towards you. Once you know that, that's the platform. That's the foundation from which you step forth, from which you act, that you allow your choices to be seasoned by that understanding. To know him is to know his love for you. And to know that is to know his love for all mankind. His love for all mankind for all mankind becomes our love for all mankind. Right? That's the that's the, the duplication. That's the, the 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 building of what God is placing within each of us. To see to see the situations around us and to be able to know what to do. To be able to see the crises in our lives and to be able to understand what he is doing in that to be able to understand the threats around our lives and to know that we can call on God to support us to be able to recognize when a person is in pain when it just looks like they're attacking and to be able to bring a word of knowledge to be able to bring a word of peace a word that brings them close as opposed to pushing them away 
to be able to testify of the greatness of God in a way that doesn't come across pushy, that doesn't come across self-righteous, but one that touches a person's life. That These things come through the access we have from God because our access is about not what we can get from Him, but what we allow Him to do in us. Amen? Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.junctionchurch.com. God bless.